It is officially the weekend, IBT family, and we have a great program planned for you today. We have start sits and sleepers for week five of the fantasy football season. So chill out, let the good vibes in, and enjoy the show. Cause I've been in tune, out of touch, coming off the bench, trying to shake the funk, check a stat line, see who's up, that over, under, hit too clutch. I'm trying to avoid getting carried away with the chest sweet, sleeping on a trick play, predicting all of my moves like AC never replay. So I'm running it back, head down, get out of my way, and it's for the law with only one thing to do. I guess I'll say a prayer and put it all on the line for you with they all. Just one thing to say, yeah, what they don't know. Something they haven't seen. I'm off that mean Joe Green. It got me fading between. Yeah, I got it. And I got it. The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. All right, all right, all right. It is Feel Good Friday, October 6th. The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast is back with you as we head towards another loaded slate of NFL football. I'm Seth Wilcock, and I'm feeling spry today, and I'm joined by my guy who is looking cool as ever. He knows every active cornerback in the NFL and where they went to college, even where they went to high school. He's Tex, he's Summertime Eric, he's Eric Romoff, What's up, Eric? What's good in your world? Man, one of the distinct advantages of being Tex this weekend is that directly over top San Antonio at about noon o'clock, we're going to get a 95% solar eclipse. So we're going to be dark for about an hour, have those like weird reflector glasses so we can check it out. going to be a whole big thing. So hopefully that midday darkness will cool us down just enough might get us into fall but i mean even even if it does it's still plenty hot out here for a few more months you guys see aliens down in texas you ever see an alien i mean i've seen things that are hard to explain around okay. in the sky okay interesting yeah, if you yeah. uh, if you head out towards uh towards west west texas towards marfa it, you you see all kinds of wild stuff and just in general amazing stargazing I'm going to put it on the agenda right now. We need to do a live stream, a show from the Texas desert sometime. I think that would be fun. Well, let's put it on the bucket yeah. list. Let's hit it. Team outing. <laughs> let's do it, man. Today we are jam-packed on the program like your favorite burrito, baby. Thursday night football recap. And then we're going to be joined by Jake Trowbridge in a bit to answer your start sit and uh, sit questions. And then Andrew Cooper, he's going to join us. Not the one from CNN. No, no, no. Uh, but another great one in the industry. And he'll be with us uh, for some sleepers later on as well. And uh, also, we're joined by the IBT family today. Want to thank everyone for their support if you are new. Wow, did you stumble uh, upon the wrong show? Because we like to do things our way here. We like to have fun, talk about fantasy football. You know how McDonald's, Eric, is like, have it your way? The IBT podcast is like, no, have it our way. Yeah, absolutely, right? Like, we got a whole ass vibe around this. If you did just stumble your way in, welcome. Hang out for a bit. I yes. think you'll like it. You'll You'll slowly be ingratiated into the IBT way of life, and we wouldn't have it any other way. Hell yeah. Let's get it started with a Thursday night football recap in front and center. Sometimes taking that first step out the door is 
between I thought you'd come to the Just place to have some fun Ain't gotta worry about something not what it means Come and give me another Cause the night is young At least I so thought And they are back, baby. The Chicago Bears, they go into Washington, win this game 40-20 to on Thursday night football. Zero turnovers for Justin Fields in this one. That was his first time he's done that since week 16 of the season last year. Um, and then despite the, the score not being very close for most of it, I felt like it was a, a pretty even game as far as the metrics go with efficiency and with time of possession. However, the Bears just could not be stopped. It felt like for a lot of this game, kept finding ways to get in the end zone. Eric, before we break down the fantasy ramifications of it, what are your thoughts on this game from a fan perspective? I mean, look, you, you love to see it, right? Like, obviously, we had the the sad news of Dick Buckus passing away right before the game. So, obviously, the, you know, like the, sort of a win for the kind of moment, the, the Bears came out and... You know, in, in addition to, you know, losing a, a Bears legend, clearly still had a pretty bad taste in their mouth from letting that uh, that victory last week slip between their fingers. So definitely came out, you know, playing inspired. A lot of, a lot of things to take away in terms of their, their game plan, you know, the way they use Justin Fields, the way that they utilize their receivers. We're going to talk about the fantasy implications overall, but really it, it felt like, you know, even though there were times where this one got a little bit closer, it, it felt like this was the Bears from the get-go. I 100% agree with you. It looks like we got Mike already in the chat. What's up, Mike? Thanks for joining us today on this Feel Good Friday. Good to see you. I hope you're having a great one out there. Let's talk about those fancy ramifications because it was Justin Fields early and often for the Bears, four touchdowns for him on the day. Uh, clean like like the completion percentage might not necessarily have been there but they could not guard dj Moore. career day for him eight to, and 230 and three touchdowns like i never thought we'd see the day when we finally see the ceiling from dj Moore, but it was here it was lovely uh your, your thoughts on some of these winners on the chicago side well there's a lot right um and a lot of that is is just contrast right you look at the first three games of the season and how stuck in the mud this offense was yeah, you yeah. compare that to last night or the last you know two weeks for that matter and you know all these guys have their their arrows pointing up obviously it starts with justin fields he like immediately opened the game with the most justin fields play ever where he just kind of like like crow hopped into a sack and it's like all right well here we go back to justin fields but to his to his credit like he he really tightened things up right you know looking back to his gameplay a week ago my concern was while he was very effective he was just continuing to stare down his first read and it's like this this cannot sustain but to his credit like that first touchdown to DJ Moore he did a good job of moving the safety towards the center of the field with his eyes he was going through his progressions really well his timing was tight and you know because of that he's he's had now two back-to-back fantastic games yes, sir. clearly the the arrow is pointing up for him this was a guy that was unfortunately left for dead by many in the fantasy space as of a few short weeks ago and you know now there's there's a lot of things to be optimistic about with, you know, at least what you can get from a fantasy standpoint from Justin Fields. 100%. Yeah. For, for DJ Moore, like, obviously, this is this is his ceiling game. Like, we're not going to get another 50-pointer out of him. And a <laughs> lot of that had to do with his, with his individual matchup, right? Like, the majority of his routes were covered by Kendall Fuller. Basically, Ooh, all of his big stakes. plays and all of his touchdowns were, were in, in Kendall Fuller's coverage. And Kendall Fuller, A, cannot tackle – 
and B likes to jump for interceptions and doesn't really time it out all that well. Right. So yeah. 230 yards for, for DJ Moore, 143 of those were after the catch. Right. So these, these weren't him, you know, uh, weaving through, th- weaving through defenders and breaking tackles. Like it was basically, he, he would slip one hand tackle from Kendall Fuller right. and he was off to the races. Must start players moving forward, DJ Moore and Justin Fields. You can lock them into your lineup pretty much regardless of the matchup, I would say, after this performance. Uh, Looking at the running backs, it was kind of a down game, but Khalil Herbert got injured and Roshan did as well. We we saw a blasting game come in the fullback and be serviceable at times. Um, But I'd say the only other winner from Chicago here, Cole Komet, 5 or 42 and 1. Only three receivers or three pass catchers that is caught passes from Justin Fields in this one. It was Komet. It was Tunyon. So like to see it kind of streamlined like that. I mean, we saw a lot of Darnell Mooney targets couldn't come up with them. Same for Khalil Herbert and, and, and St. Brown. But yeah, I, I think it was kind of a beautiful thing when you actually see it and like, okay, at least like these, these two guys are getting enough to be fed now. Man, I had, I had uh, my fair share of Darnell Mooney captain builds trying to be, contrarian in showdown oh, last no. night and there were there were two distinct plays he had a he had an out route starting over the middle where justin fields overthrew him by maybe eight inches he had to lay out just didn't get there if if that at that time if that ball was on time and on target easily would have been a huge chunk play and mooney also had a a surefire touchdown where where he he, he yes. got the defense yep. right on his move and fields laid it out a, about a yard too far right so like if if those timing routes tighten up, I mean, I, I think we talked about this over the course of the offseason. I, I think Darnell Mooney is one of those, you know, nice boomer bust uh, kind of wide receiver three type plays that you can certainly get a little froggy and fire up in DFS here and there. And and he'll he'll have spike weeks that'll put him on the fantasy radar. Okay. Yeah. I can see him as DFS play. I don't think I can get ballsy enough to want to start him in a season long league. Um, last winner from the night, Logan Thomas. Um, I don't want like to pat ourselves on the back, but, but we did call him in our, uh, in the scope candidate for an early waiver wire ad uh, ahead of week number five here. And I'm glad we did, man. I got a lot of Logan Thomas on a couple squads, uh, this week and, and he was brilliant. 11 targets for him, nine, uh, and 77 yards. And again, it's just, this is what Eric Bieniemy likes to do. He likes to call up plays for his tight ends. We saw it with Travis Kelsey. We're seeing it now with Logan Thomas. Final note on this game, Jahan Dotson. What do we do with him, Eric? Are we dropping him? Uh, three for 30. And this was a game where Sam Howe was heaving it, man, like 51 attempts. I think there, there was almost a record uh, for as many consecutive passes as there was. And still just a pedestrian performance from Jahan Dotson, the chosen one. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm not dropping him yet, but he's, he's certainly, you know, firmly on my, on my bench until I yeah. can see him get a, a, a larger role. Right. You know, to, to, to their credit, the the Bears actually did a pretty good job of of getting to Howells, getting to Howell in in short order, right? So, a lot of the you know eleven targets that you mentioned for for Logan Thomas was him needing to get rid of the ball very quickly. And Jahan Dotson, you know, he he runs uh, a little bit deeper down the field. He runs a more complex route tree. So, you know, if if Howell is having to bail on his progressions, he's not going to see a whole lot of looks. Obviously, Jahan Dotson is an insanely talented wide receiver. So, I love him. You know, I for for him. me. Yeah, he's he's not he's not going to be you know in the immediate term part of my like flex decisions quite yet. But I, I do think that there are brighter days ahead for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By week fill in for Jahan Dotson the rest of the way, um, guys. We'll go ahead and take your your questions here on the other side of the drop. Let's go ahead and get into it though in matchup management. 
who you got. Matchup management. Who's it gonna be? Who's it gonna be? We tell you that in matchup management, and we are joined by a very special guest, a dude who. If you didn't know any better, you might think he is Kurt Cobain reincarnated. He makes some dope-ass videos over at Matthew Berry's Fantasy Life. He's the co-host of Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. And he's also was one of the first ever guests back on this program way back in 2019. So, guys, give it up for Jake Trowbridge. Jake, thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for having me back. Uh, I'm reflecting back to that first one. I can't believe you guys ever gave me another shot to come back on after that, honestly. Uh, also, first time I've ever been compared to Kurt Cobain, and I'm going to take it. Thank you for that. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. We appreciate you, you Jake. Uh, we appreciate everything you do in the industry, man. You're definitely a breath of fresh air, and uh, we love having you on the program here today. Looks like we got Toronto Dave in the chat already. What's up, Dave? How you doing? Albert in the chat. Good afternoon to you, Albert. Thank you for, for coming on, man. Jake, you're getting a little bit of love from Dave already in the chat. So that, that might have been that karaoke performance at the expo, Jake. You really put, put one on there. <laughs> if I could translate that karaoke experience into the Sunday scaries that I get from watching my lineups this year, I think I'd be happy. But I don't know the reality of that. That is fair enough, man. What, what's on the docket for this weekend in the Trowbridge household? Boy, it's going to be uh, some Wisconsin Badgers tomorrow, watching, okay. uh, supporting my Badgers. And then it's going to be a long wait until Monday night football to see what my Packers do. Ooh, all right. Yeah, you got the full you got the full experience there. Um, good, good season for Wisconsin so far, though, man. Good, good on you guys, honestly. It's all right. We're not in the bottom of the barrel. That's all I care about. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Let's talk about some start sits here, guys, heading into Sunday. And I, I think we should start with the, the big news. Cooper Cup likely to be playing in this one. So far, so good for Jonathan Taylor to at least be mixed in in Indianapolis as well. Jake, when, when thinking about these two guys who, obviously, if you're drafting in August, you paid more for Cooper Cup than you did JT. But should either that them be in your lineup first week back in? I'm more skeptical about Jonathan Taylor in his first week back than I am about Cooper Cup. And I don't know that that's a shared opinion amongst many, uh, but I am listening to the coaching and listening to Sean McVay say, you know, he's not really limited. Cooper Cup, he's not really limited. He even joked about, he just kind of read it off of the paper initially because that's what it said, but he was quick to backtrack. I think with Cooper Cup watching the little bit of video that we've seen so far at practice, Dude looks great, and I'm not going to risk sitting him in what could be still a blow-up game for his first game back, which is kind of what I'm anticipating. So I think Puka's a good start as well, but I'm definitely rolling out Cooper Cup. Jonathan Taylor, I don't know. I'm not going to believe that he is in the game until I physically <laughs> see him on the field, quite frankly. Okay. Eric, how do you feel about it? I'm a guy who... I drafted a lot of Jonathan Taylor. I, I bought the dip, the eighth, ninth round dip where he was falling in, in some redrafts over the summer. Can you talk me out of firing him up? Cause I, cause I feel like I, I need a little JT in my life this week. Yeah, I can absolutely talk you out of firing him up. I mean, look, if, if you bought him at the right point, you know, you're in those kind of mid to late rounds, you arguably have guys ahead of him that are going to be um, <laughs> as productive and at least uh, a, a bit safer in their projection. Right. Obviously, we're all navigating injuries. Um, Jake mentioned it earlier on uh, Coach McVeigh. Not only did he backtrack it, 
he backtracked his statement in legendary faction. He <laughs> he made like a little Ron Burgundy quip that he basically just reads whatever's on the teleprompter in front of him, <laughs> but he was out there running. So A, I, I do think we see, you know, more of Cooper Cup than the reports might indicate. But on the other side, Jonathan Taylor, you know, we've seen guys like Josh Jacobs this year who, you know, didn't go yeah. through the camp process, didn't get into full football shape and really struggled out of the gate. And Taylor has no favors waiting in front of him because he's lining up against that vaunted Tennessee run defense. So he's going to be out there shaking the rust off against one of the most difficult run defenses in the entire league. So, you know, assuming that you got him in those later rounds, I would probably stick with your contingency plans at running back for at least one more week. It seems like every week when we get an exciting new running back to come into the fold, Jerome Ford a couple weeks ago, now JT. It's, it's always, always against Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah, it's always <laughs> against Tennessee. So, um, Jake, here, here I'll throw out a couple options for you. W- would you be starting Jalen Warren above Jonathan Taylor this week? That's a threshold that you're you're risking it either way. Why not risk it with the guy who has way more upside, in my opinion, which is still Jonathan Taylor. Matchup be damned. You know, there's still the opportunity with that yeah. offense overall that there's more scoring happening for Jonathan Taylor. Hard to see uh, Jalen Warren getting into the end zone unless he does it 100% himself. Okay. What about Julio McLaughlin? He's kind of been the hot name this week. If there is, I know we've had limited practices so far out of Javante Williams this week. If there's no Javante, would you prefer Jaleel McLaughlin or JT? It's honestly pretty close, but if okay. you picked up Jaleel McLaughlin, this is the only week you really are probably guaranteed to get to start him. I'd yeah. be okay with it because Samaj Piran is not somebody who intimidates me for cutting into this workload too significantly. So just based on volume, I'd go with McLaughlin. Okay. And guys, let's let's talk a little bit about the quarterback position here for start sits. Is there any anyone that bounces off the page for you, Eric, as someone you either are starting kind of right on that QB1 line or someone you're sitting this week? Because this is a week, no Justin Herbert. We have some big names with, with some questionable matchups as well. Who's someone you're firing up or avoiding? Yeah, this this one kind of hurts me to to say out loud, but I'm I'm probably avoiding CJ Stroud. He's kind of floating around that Ooh. back end QB1 range, has you know become a pretty popular streamer based on his you know prolific start to his rookie career. But this this week against Atlanta, there's there's a couple of things working against him. One, you know, Houston is still very much so susceptible to the run, especially the rushing touchdown. They're now facing off against uh the you know one of the most run heavy teams in the entire league. So the the pace of play is going to be slowed in general. But also these these exterior corners for Atlanta are no joke, right? So I think we're probably going to see Nico Collins be neutralized a little bit, and that's just going to take some of the dynamic nature out of this offense. So, you know, I, I think he'll still have a, a highly efficient day overall, but his scoring upside is going to be limited. His passing volume is going to be limited. I just, I don't know if I'd feel good firing him up as a as a streamer this week. All right, Jake. For you, when looking at the quarterback position, is there anyone you're weary of or that you're you're flocking to here? Uh, and, and what is pivotal for fantasy football teams? We got a lot of one and three teams, maybe a couple zero oh and four teams. This could be their last shot, not to put any pressure on you. Well, in lieu of that, I actually want to talk. <laughs> I want to talk about a guy who I perceive to be droppable at this point, who people might still be trying to fire up into their lineups, mostly because of buys, probably. But Dak Prescott. If, Thank if you're you. somebody who just goes, I want Dak Prescott in my lineup because I just feel comfortable with it, stop doing that to yourself. You're cutting yourself off at the knees. You need somebody who presents more upside than Dak Prescott gives, which in a boom week for him these days, it's QB 10. 
You know, I want somebody who has much more opportunity than that. I don't trust Mike McCarthy at all uh, in this situation. Kellen Moore leaving has had this massive ripple effect onto Dak Prescott. So if he, if you're debating between Dak Prescott or somebody else, it's probably somebody else, and you should probably just drop Dak. Thank you. Thank you. I made that move a couple weeks ago in some leagues and got some, you know, got some eye emojis uh, after I put that in there. I was like, hey, listen, man, I'm trying to get ahead of the curb because, Eric, we've talked about this defense. It's just so good. They don't need Dak to do a whole lot. And Mike McCarthy, he's not a liar. I'll say that. Like, there's a lot of fucking lying head coaches around this league. Like, I can't take a word Pete Carroll says serious. Mike Tomlin half the time. Uh, Mike McCarthy's kind of a straight shooter and, and he told us this is exactly what was going to happen. Yeah, look, he's, he's, he's played it pretty straight up and, and we had, we had good, um, you know, good image of how this would play out heading into the season. Now, you know, not only has it been, uh, you know, foretold and we've seen this kind of downswing for Dak, but heading into this game specifically against a very tough San Francisco front, they're not going to have a healthy offensive line in front of them, right? Like they're going to, they're going to have to patch it together with several guys already ruled out or at least in question for that game. And speaking of, of eyeball emojis, I'm not exactly sure why, but as I was going through Scott Fishbowl, the, the available players list, Trey Lance is projected for 17 points this week on MFL. Like it's, it's one of those like random head scratcher kind of things, but it, it got me thinking like, are, are we either at or soon to be at the point where they're talking about sitting Dak down in, in Dallas anytime soon? No, they can't do it. They, they, no, too too much of a bad PR move. Yeah. I think. I, they're, but, look, their their team overall is better than he's playing, but definitely got the wheels turning. Yeah, hundred um, percent. All right, we we've kind of been shitting on some quarterbacks here, so I guess I'll keep it going. Russell Wilson. <laughs> Everyone wants to fire up Russell Wilson all of a sudden. I'm not doing it, folks. I I can't do it. I can't stomach it. And Eric, I, you and I have battled on this all all summer, all season long. And I, I don't want to be in take lock here, but his two big performances, his two QB1 performances this season, one was with that Hail Mary, 24% of his points that day came from that one play against the Commanders, who Justin Fields just lit up last night. And then the other side of the equation is he just played the Bears, and, and Sam Howell just lit him, him up for a lot of fantasy points as well. So I can't trust that Russell Wilson has been that great, especially now He's got Sauce Gardner. Hopefully, DJ Reed is healthy in this one as well. Locking down Sutton and Judy. They don't want to seem to run Marvin Mims a lot, and I don't think they have a third option. They don't have a tight end right now he can go to in the middle of the field, and that's kind of how you beat the Jets. So, I don't know. I'm out on Russell Wilson. I might be on an island here. Jake, your thoughts on uh, Mr. Unlimited? I'm with you. I I was more so on the fact of, you know, after last week, people talking about Justin Fields and – you got to play him against the matchup, and he doesn't get to play Denver every week. Well, Russell doesn't get to play the Bears every week either, and the Jets are certainly no slouch here. And he hasn't proven that he is a more than capable fantasy asset, so I'm 100% with you. All right. Let's get some questions here in the chat. Looks like we got T-Mitz. What's up, T-Mitz? Would you trade Raheem Mostert, George Kittle, and Jacoby Myers for A.J. Brown? He has Kelsey already and Ayuk as his wide receiver one. So we're giving up a lot of value here, but we are getting roughly a top 12 to 15 player rest of season, Eric. How do you stomach this one? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to press that button. I um I don't know how you ended up with both Kittle and Kelsey, 
Um, but moving Some on, weird from shit Cole, happens in these home <laughs> leagues and and, and live yeah. drafts. Yeah, maybe it was like a keeper situation. Who who knows? Um, but yeah, I, I I would press the button here, right? Like you obviously you've got some overlap at the tight end position, so getting any value in return for your spare piece there and Kittle is fantastic. Mostert is someone that who I I think his his arrow is pointing down, both because uh, we're going to see Jeff Wilson return as soon as this week, but also I think we continue to see Achan get more and more work in that backfield. And in Myers, you know, he's he's a kind of streaming flex option in the right matchup. But, you know, these are guys that, for all intents and purposes, probably aren't breaking your matchup or breaking your lineup any given week. And you're getting A.J. Brown, a guy who's going to be in your wide receiver spot week in and week out. So I would, I would press the button for sure. Jake, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I love it. Kittle is another guy who's borderline droppable for me. He's he's not the mouth being fed in San Francisco. With Mostert, there's always the durability issues. How how much of Mostert do we get for the rest of the season? I'm okay kind of taking what you've gotten to this point and then upgrading with A.J. Brown. Yeah, I think this is honestly one of those dream trades that I try to make often in my league makes just you know, text me back, fuck, go fuck yourself. So <laughs> if this is on the table for you, my dude, absolutely take that. Great question there. We got Smokey the Cat. What's up, guys? Got a trade offer. I'd give DJ Godwin and Jacobs for Chase and Kittle. Oh, another Kittle question. Thoughts? And DJ, who are we assuming that is? Smokey, maybe if you can let us know. I, I, I'm i thinking DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson. David Johnson. We, yeah, a lot of different – let's assume Deontay Johnson until we hear from Smokey in the chat. He's giving up Deontay, not playing. Godwin on a bye and Jacobs. He's getting Chase and Kittle. Okay, DJ Moore. DJ Moore. I don't I don't think I'm making that trade, boys. Can can you – Jake, any love for, for uh, Chase and Kittle? I love Chase. Brighter days ahead for Chase. I still 1,000% believe that eventually when the injury hopefully subsides for Joe Burrow – and look, even the last couple of weeks, just the fact of how much they're moving him around to get him the ball means that he should be at least consistent the rest of the way. It's the Kittle. It's the nagging Kittle of it all that I'm not yeah. on board with. I don't really like Godwin on the other side, so those two pieces almost cancel out. But I think I'd rather have DJ Moore and Jacobs over Chase at this point. I think you could just get more at this point for DJ Moore after the, the, the performance we saw last night, Eric. Uh, your thoughts on this one? Yeah, that was that was exactly uh, going to be my my point, right? Like, obviously, you've you've got the goodness of DJ Moore's game in your lineup this week, right? And following that, you can absolutely get more, right? So, like, there are things structurally about the deal that I'm I'm not in love with, right? Like, you're you're getting the best player. That's great. I'm assuming you need an upgrade at tight end. You, you may or may not be getting one with George Kittle, but <laughs> yeah. also like yeah. Josh Jacobs for, for all of his inefficiencies and all of his struggles, he's still getting an elite workload, right? Like the, the, the list of guys that are going to touch the ball on a weekly basis as much as Jacobs does is very, very short. And it feels like he's kind of being treated almost as a throw in, in this deal. And I, I don't think that he is. I, I think that, you know, even if you, if you can't sell him at market value right now, Josh Jacobs is at minimum a hold for me. Okay. All right. Appreciate that. Uh, we got teammates saying appreciate y'all. And we got a, a chat from a new face in, or a, a chat from a new person in the, in the chat, Kennifer in a 14 team super flex dynasty, major rebuilds, no QBs, but six first next year. Are you trading you chase go. straight up for Anthony Richardson? He has Dobbs, Pitts, Dell, Michael Wilson, Ferguson, only other player of note. So, 
this is a stinky team, Eric, but are, are you trying to make it? I don't know. I don't even know if I would say this is making the team better because you are giving up, you know, potentially a, a top five dynasty asset. But Anthony Richardson still, I, I was taking him in the first round of startups over the summer, and, and I feel like he's still there, if not a little higher up. Yeah, this one's this one's tricky, right? Because like if if you were to if if Anthony Richardson were to be in the player pool when you have these six draft picks to fire off in the first round next year, he would probably be one of your your top priorities, right? Um, you know, for for me at least, like I I have to think that this team has a long way to go before they're they're fully competitive. Yeah. And right now, I mean, you're you're absolutely selling Chase at his low. It's not quite as low as you would yeah. get, you know, in, in a redraft context, but like there's, there's no rush here, right? Like if, if you're, if you're hell bent on sending chase out the door for a young quarterback, wait until chase strings together, a couple of good games, wait until the end of the season. I, I promise you, you'll get more back for, for chase than what you're getting now, you know, in, in a vacuum, I, I think it's fine. It, you know, it's a fine yeah. super flex deal, but in the context of where I presume your team is, I would actually look to wait a little bit longer and try to get more in return for chase. Your, your thoughts, Jake? I mean, Anthony Richardson has been absolutely electric this season, but I think Eric put it in a good point, and especially as we get closer to trade deadlines and fantasy leagues later on in the season, I, I think the price tag just goes up and up. Yeah, it does. And for me, when I'm building, I understand this is super flex in Dynasty, but I have a team that's in a similar situation, very strong and lengthy rebuild mm -hmm. ahead. And I would rather build around these young wide receivers than I would with somebody like Anthony Richardson at the moment. I'd rather honestly be looking to shop somebody like Pitts, maybe for uh, for a Bryce Young. Like that's the type of move I'd rather go after. Yeah. Don't go after somebody whose ceiling is already there go after somebody who we haven't seen it from yet but we expect to so yeah i'd be holding chase here okay all right well jake we appreciate your time today man thank you so much for joining us bringing your insight and uh high energy into the program today tell us how we can find you and best support you as we move throughout the rest of the 2023 season here my man well, first of all, thank you both. You two are just absolute delights every time I get to talk to you. Uh, if they want to see my shenanigans, they can see them on Twitter, X, whatever, at Jake Trowbridge. Uh, can also go ahead, subscribe to the Matthew Berry Fantasy Life newsletter. 100% free over at fantasylife.com. Hell yeah. Well, we appreciate it. Jake, have a good rest of your day. And guys, stay tight. We'll be right back on the other side of this drop with some Sure Things Sleepers of the Week. It's the short thing. Sleepers of the week. All right, no, guys. I, I agree. Trowbridge, he's such a dork. No, I, know. I can't, believe they, can't believe they would have him on. Oh, Joe, sorry. I didn't see you guys there. What's happening? Coop, what is up, my man? Uh, love, love the intro. And I have to give you a little bit of an intro as well, because I don't think we've ever had the chance to really speak face to face. But you're a guy I've always enjoyed your content. Every time I see you, you got a big ass grin on your face and you're having a good time. So how are you today? Thanks for joining us. I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's good. It's that's a funny thing about this industry is like this is the equivalent of like getting to hang out and meet for the first time. Right. Where yes, it's like, right. you know, besides the expos, we don't really have much. So this is our opportunity to uh, to put together the the Twitter life and our our other virtual life. So it's good to be on with you guys, man. Thanks for having me. 
Yeah, absolutely. Those of you who do not know Coop, he is the lead NFL analyst over at Fantasy Alarm. He is a host on SiriusXM and the Better Network. And the dude's been nominated for awards for this shit. So he knows what he's talking about. He's here to spread some goodness. How are we feeling heading into week five? How are the teams looking? Uh, I don't know if you have any bets out this week already, but how are we feeling? Feeling good, man. I have to say the awards, this is not a joke. Every award I've been nominated for, J.J. Zacharyson has won. Like every is <laughs> in the fix is in, dude. It's like best ongoing series. JJ won that. That football right every year. JJ won that. I mean, he is the goat. He's the best. So it's like that's the worst part about it is I can't sit back and be like, I can't believe they gave the award to this guy. I literally sit back and I'm like, Yep. He's he, he, right. I'm like they got it right. You know, <laughs> I look at myself, I'm like, they got it right. So uh, but I'm gonna get one eventually. I'm gonna get one eventually. Uh yeah, this week, man. Uh, I'm a I'm not sure you can see the stuff behind me. Tom Brady, all that. I mean, none of those oh, guys yeah. are on the team anymore. So my my fandom is in trouble. You know, we lost all our defensive players. Judon's out. Christian Gonzalez yeah. out. So uh, from that standpoint, I could just sit back and enjoy fantasy. And uh, and I look around the slate, and the one game I have circled is we've had a lot of fake shootouts so far this year. Games that were supposed to be that weren't. Uh, and I I really hope this Chiefs Vikings game can be what it's supposed to be. And it really boils down to which Kirk Cousins is going to show up. And the thing going for us is that bad Kirk Cousins showed up last week, which means that maybe we get the good one this week, right? That's how he works, I feel. So I'm hoping that one's a shootout. I'm willing to bet the over because I, I want it to be fun. I'm kind of fantasy wishing it a little bit, but yeah. uh, I think it, it's the right matchup for, for it to happen. You know what I mean? Where there's nobody really take Jefferson away. Uh, the Chiefs defense is, is good enough, but uh, you know, I like that one. I don't know what you guys think if you're thinking fake shootout, but I'm thinking real shootout, which is fun. It, it's interesting you say that, Coop, like that, because we have seen so many fake shootouts. Like a couple weeks ago, I thought Jacksonville, Kansas City had it written all over it. And it, it's been these games like Denver, Miami that have kind of popped out of nowhere. So, Eric, what are your thoughts on this one? Because I am hoping as a guy who has a lot of Travis Kelsey that we finally see that pop game. Are, are you expecting that here, uh, Kansas City and Minnesota? Yeah, look, I, I think you're I think you're in line for that that pop game from Travis Kelsey, but I'm I'm not sure that Minnesota can can keep pace. They'll they'll need to if they if they want to you know remain competitive in this game. But this this Chiefs defense is is surprisingly stout, right? Like last year they they had some some glaring issues that you could take advantage of, but through four games, like they've been giving teams headache, right? And not to not to mention this this is an afternoon window game, right? We're inching closer to prime time for Kirk Cousins, so maybe he gets the uh, maybe he gets the yips a little bit. You know, I I would I would love for this one to shoot out because you know, clearly Kansas City is going to be able to to do whatever they want on that Vikings defense. I'm just not super convinced that Kirk Cousins can can keep pace. Yeah, Mike McCarthy talked about it. I think uh, where the really truly good teams. They are able to control the game and give their defense time to rest, which makes all the difference. He was saying last year that Kellen Moore was he was scoring, honestly, scoring too fast or just getting too aggressive where they were either going four and out or they're scoring right away and the defense didn't have time to rest. And look how good that defense can be with the, I mean, the defense has been so good. The offense is going to have to play. Yeah. So I think the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, the way he controls drives, he doesn't rush. Aaron Rodgers, you'd always do it too, where Aaron Rodgers would slow the game down and it gives your defense time to to be who they're going to be because the difference between offense and defense is these guys play every snap. Like there's no – for the most – I mean, on the line you rotate some, but some of these safeties are playing 
100% of the snaps, thousands and thousands of snaps, mm. cornerbacks too. And it's, if you don't let them rest, man, it can get ugly. So uh, the Chiefs defense has that benefit, whereas a team like the Vikings, you never know when Kirk is just going to give it give it right back. I've seen that I've seen that guy uh I've seen that guy take a knee when he was supposed to spike it. So, you know, that's the kind of quarterback we're dealing with here. Yeah, and I, I think it's interesting with the Chiefs too is I, I 100% agree with you on your analysis that it is the offense helping their defense get a little fresher on the sidelines. And I, I don't really know how many challenges we've seen the, the Chiefs have. Obviously, the Lions in week one, um, they were somewhat formidable, but but no Chris Jones. And then last week, Zach Wilson looked pretty good against this defense for the first time. And in Jacksonville, I thought it was more the Jaguars just shooting themselves in the foot, not getting in the end zone. So I, I think maybe this is the time we see them get get lit up. At least I'm hoping. I, I'm wishing like right, right, right. Yeah, I'll give you another one where you look at it and it's like, have they really been challenged? And it, it kind of applies to both teams, which makes for the second most interesting game. I think it's the the night game, right? The Cowboys against the 49ers where mm-hmm. I want to see what Dak, like Dak has not, no team has really forced him to have to throw it to Brandon Cooks, to have to throw it to Michael Gallup. I want to see if he, because people talk about his, uh, he doesn't like progressing through his reads. He just dumps it down to, you know, he either throws it to CeeDee Lamb or dumps it down to the, whoever is tight end on that particular play. And I want to see him have to really take over, right? And same thing with the the the, the 49ers. It's like if Christian McCaffrey is just going to run it and score a touchdown every play, then it's not even really even a game. So I'm glad that these teams are going up against each other. And, you know, this one might not be a shootout. It could be a defensive battle, but at least we're going we're gonna to test them a little bit. We're going to test what they have. Yeah, I, I think this slate is very interesting because even, even the 9.30 game in London, to me, it, it should be a great game. I, I'm expecting a little bit of a bounce back from Trevor Lawrence and the boys. They've been there. Buffalo's coming on short rest, coming across the pond. They've got to enjoy the fish and the home, chips. Home game for Buffalo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they've been drinking that warm beer for, for at least two weeks now. Yeah. Eric, h- how do you feel about the, the, the nightcap, the morning game, and any other games on the slate that interests you before we jump into some sleepers? Man, um, I, on the on the whole, I wish that there were uh, eight a.m. or nine thirty a.m. games yeah. every single week. Like, oh, yes. I just I I love it when I wake up and I'm like barely into my cup of coffee and the game's already kicking off. To on on the other side, like I feel like such a dirty degenerate at the end of the day when I've gone <laughs> like I've gone like thirteen hours doing nothing but watching football, but still I, I wouldn't have it any other way. I I do think that this game is is going to be a bit of a of a bounce back for for the Jags specifically with how much receiving work that the Bills give up to opposing running backs. I think we're maybe looking at a uh, a stronger outing for Travis Etienne, and that kind of brings more Be balance awesome. to their offense overall, right? So I think we're going to have a good game to to kick off the day. And then to close out the week, this Packers-Raiders game, like it's probably going to be a little bit sloppy, but there's going to be some points hung up on that board, right? So definitely looking forward to the bookends on the schedule. All right. All right, well, Coop, you joined us for Sure Thing Sleepers of the Week. We are looking for a player outside the top 30, whether that's a running back or wide receiver who can deliver at least 10 PPR points or a tight end or a quarterback outside the top 15 who you think can finish inside the top 15. How are we feeling heading into your inaugural pick? You know, I'm feeling a little a little nervous. You guys might not like my picks, so, you know, <laughs> but uh, I think I'll be We're all right. You. Yeah, I know you're judging me. Uh, so there was a guy I was looking at, this guy that was very close to the line that mm-hmm. I think I wanted to mention real quick Yeah, uh, with uh, Jerry Judy. 
So I want to mention Jerry Judy. He's uh, 28. So the line was 30. I was like, I wish he was on the other side because uh, not like even if everyone was healthy, Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed, uh, they don't go in the slot. Those two guys have only gone in the slot. I heard you guys talking a little bit about it. They, they don't go in there. Sauce Gardner has zero slot snaps. Last year, he played over a thousand snaps. He only won the slot nine times. And now with DJ Reed out, it's basically they're what they're probably going to do is say, okay, uh, Sauce, just take Cortland Sutton out of the game. And then Jerry Judy is going to be able to run free. Yeah, and Albert says DJ Reed out with a concussion. So I think Judy's a big one, but he doesn't fit the criteria. The guy that does fit the criteria for me is Michael Thomas. And he's ranked 32, one of my favorite players. And, uh, you know, you look at the Patriots, my favorite team here, it's bad right now. They just lost their best two defensive players. When yeah. you lose your best defensive player, it's bad. When you lose your best two, you're in big trouble to the point where they had to go and trade for JC Jackson just to find someone off yeah. the street that knows what they're doing out there. Uh, you know, Christian Gonzalez is out and so is Matt Judon, the red sleeve champ. So uh, Michael Thomas is a guy that pretty consistently has been involved. He's been targeted and he runs the short, the lower a dot routes where if the quarterback is going to have a shoulder issue and we saw what happened last week, 14 targets for Alvin Kamara. If he's going to have a shoulder issue, he's going to have trouble pushing it downfield. The guys that get hurt by that are the Chris Olaves and the Rashid Gs. Yeah. The guys that benefit are the guys hanging tight. So I think Michael Thomas could be in, an, in for another eight, nine, ten target game. And but the first three games, he got eight, nine, and nine targets, right? So if you get nine targets, it's kind of hard not to have 15 PPR points, right? So uh, Michael Thomas versus, versus my own Patriots, I think conditions are pretty good for him to come out and have a solid game. Two follow-ups on this. Last week, I was in on Michael Thomas. He was my short thing sleeper of the week. I just fell like literally like less than a point away from the the threshold. Um, But I thought Derek Carr being in that game hurt this offense, man. Like I I know Jameis Winston comes in, he slings it once and it's picked off. But so maybe it's justifiable. But but I are you worried at all about 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 Derek Carr being limited, or do you think that helps Michael Thomas because you know the nickname is Slant Boy? Right. So I thought about it. Yeah, I thought about it. But so I had to research and go in and look at it. And basically with Derek Carr, they said that he they didn't have him practice at all last week. Like Mm -hmm. he went out on Friday for like a walkthrough and then he played, which I mean, that's difficult for anybody, especially the quarterback. This week he's out there limited. And what they're saying is that they're just not having him throw a ton or do anything that could aggravate that. But the fact that he's already practicing and throwing tells me that when it comes to Sunday, they're just gonna, you know, juice him up, get him out there, probably hit him, you know, hit him with the shots or whatever you got to do. Well, and turtle, he's yeah. it all, and then you figure it out on Monday. So I, I think that the way it's trending, I would be worried if he once again wasn't practicing practicing at all. Like you see with Miles Sanders, he doesn't practice at all. Then he goes out there and looks terrible. Uh, the fact that he's out there practicing has me has me hopeful that he can at least get it to the the, the close range guys. Eric, your thoughts on this? Because my favorite part of this call is that it's literally the Patriots who had to go grab a guy who who just had an arrest warrant out for his fucking name last yeah. week off the street and bring him in. A, a guy who's been a disaster since he got to the Chargers. They had to get him off the streets, bring him back. I don't know if Bill might have been playing like a little dog, the bounty hunter, because I think actually his arrest warrant was for Massachusetts. So unless that was not the case, like they need J.C. Jackson in this defense. That's how bad things are. Your thoughts on MT, Chris Olave, and the boys here uh, against uh, Coop's New England Patriots. Man, now all I can think about is is Billy B slapping the handcuffs on J.C. Jackson <laughs> in the middle of the field of the coin flip. 
with the uh, with the with the bounty hunter line. Uh, look, I mean this this should be uh, this should be a a plus matchup for really all Saints uh, pass catchers because it's just an absolute mash unit in this in this Patriots backfield, right? So you know there there's a whole lot of resistance from guys that they're facing off specifically, but the player who at least on paper has the best matchup of the lot is Michael Thomas, right? He's going to see Miles Bryant. You know, uh, Coop broke down how you know that we're we're looking at that low A dot high volume type of type of game plan. Miles Bryant has allowed an eighty six percent catch rate, so basically anything that's getting thrown his way is being hauled in. Sucks, that obviously sets up for a uh, much nicer day for Miles. Bryant. He's, he's off band. He's awful, dude. He used to get torched by whoever they would roll out yeah. there, like the Bills. Uh, if we, I forget who it was with the Bills had uh, Isaiah McKenzie, who literally did nothing except for when Miles Bryant was covering him, and then he would have ten catches. So Miles Bryant, I'm so done with Miles Bryant, man. So done with Miles Bryant. <laughs> All right, Eric, week. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it over to you for your uh, sure thing sleeper of the week. And I will say, Eric, you almost like I let it slide. You picked number 29 in, in the rankings. However, with the Thursday night football guys, I decided to let it go because he was technically ranked in the 30s before last night. So um, go ahead with your pick, my friend. Yeah, and and technically still right at 30 on on ECR, right? So we'll okay. uh, we'll let it slide. Uh, the 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 pick here that I've I've got is is Tank Dell. You know, I I talked about it a little bit when I mentioned that I'm down on CJ Stroud overall. This this Falcons exterior secondary is absolutely no joke. AJ Terrell is looking like the all pro version of himself that we saw back in 2001. I mean, his his catch rate is kind of right around league average at 61, percent but he's only allowing 9.1 yards per reception. So this this sets up as a very bad day with him and Akuda covering the outside. And now that we've got four weeks of data, we can say definitively that that funnels the work to the interior of the field and to guys lining up in the slot. Atlanta is one of the few teams that's allowing more fantasy points to wide receivers lining up in the slot than those that line up out wide. They actually have the largest difference there. They're allowing two and a half times okay. the amount of fantasy points to slot receivers than they are to exterior receivers. So Tank Dell is firmly cemented into that slot role. He is on the field all the time, right? I think he saw 85% of snaps last week, and that number has only been going up week over week. So he's going to be out there. He's going to have the spot in the defense lineup against Dolford, who is having kind of a mediocre season, but at least you can game plan and find your windows against him. Whereas Akuda and Terrell on the outside are giving these receivers fits. So like like Tank Dell to have a high volume path to get north of 10 points. Coop, how are you feeling about it? Because my big takeaway heading into this week when looking at consensus rankings across the industry, and I, I don't want to shit on anyone's work, but like why is everyone ranking Robert Woods so fucking high still? Like like no. the upside with a touchdown would be 15 points. And I don't get it. And like I, I'm 100% with you. Robert Woods is my sit of the week. Um, I, I think you have to downgrade Nico a little bit as well in this matchup. Your thoughts on Atlanta and Houston, uh, specifically the wide receivers here, Coop? I mean, I'll tell you one thing that you're going to see with like ECR, for instance. Like, and we talk usually what we talk about is fantasy, fantasy pros, right? Like that's a site there. Mm-hmm. But if if you really boil it down, that's a game. It's a game, and the people that that do the best at it understand how you score points in that game. It's a uh, basically you get points for correct 
correctly slotting guys in, right? Mm -hmm. The problem I have with that, with guys like Robert Woods, is that like you're very conservative in how you do it, right? Like, and, and tight end is a perfect example where in tight end, when you're doing that a game like that, correctly picking the tight end 10 because you picked like the most boring dude with no upside who's tight end 10, 11, or yeah. 12 every week. Yeah. That that scores you a lot of points in that game, and it doesn't help anybody win their fantasy league. If you the tight end, the difference between tight end seven and tight end thirteen last year was like 13, 15 points. It was it didn't yeah. matter, right? It doesn't matter. The year before last, the difference between tight end eight and eleven was less than a point in PPR. So it does not it like that whole game of like oh nice pat myself on the back because I correctly guessed who tight end thirteen would be. Like dude, tight end thirteen is useless to me. Give me the guy who's going to be tight end 20 or tight end five over anybody who's safely 13. So the whole, that whole idea of like ranking, mm -hmm. not to, you know, not to uh, shit on their contest or anything like that. Like it's a cool contest. It sure is. And like, but I, if I were to compete in that contest, if I were to have time to do work for free for another company, then I would submit different rankings than the rankings that are on my website because mm -hmm. the rankings on my website are, are made to help people win leagues. And if I was going to play a contest to score points, I would, Set, set my rankings based on the parameters of the contest so mm -hmm. uh you know but enough of that honestly fantasy pros it's it's a cool tool for sure but just keep that in mind with those those rankings that Great it's point. almost like yeah. who can be the most conservative right so robert woods get out of my face and we just made a team on my show before this uh an ffpc team where if you guys don't know how that works it's a weekly contest and you can pick any players pretty much but you can't pick two players from the same team Okay. So like you could pick anyone you want. Very and cool. I picked Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. Like I made the team with Chuck Bass, dude. So, you know, we're just Chuck, legend. Right? Chuck. So we're just on there being loudmouth, picking all the best players. And on that team with Jefferson, Chase, you know, Brian Robinson, all these guys, he's tanked out because the conditions are perfect, dude. Like CJ Stroud's gonna chuck. Deco Collins is a bad matchup. Because pretty much everything that that you just said. We're on board with that to the point where we're building a superstar mega team for this week in, in Tank Dell's in there. Hell yeah. Last time Chuck was on the show, he actually had some Tank Dell love. So yeah, good to yeah, see yeah. that's carrying over yeah. for the guy. You know what's funny is that I made the pick. Oh, okay. Chuck, Chuck, I made the pick and Chuck was like, I love that. Dude. So like it's, it wasn't even Chuck bringing his Tank Dellness, although he was down with the Dell, of course. But yeah, no, <laughs> I, I was that was me on that one. So it's like All now right. everybody's in. If everybody's in the, of the smart and cool people, like the people that watch and <laughs> listen to and join the show, then I mean, come on. Come Hell on. Yeah, man. let's do it, man. I'll round us out, guys, with my sure thing sleeper of the week. And I'm going to go with Matthew Stafford versus the Philadelphia Eagles. And like, it is just an anomaly what Stafford's doing right now, guys. Third in yards in the NFL, um, 307 per game, second in attempts, but just three touchdowns. Well, Cooper Cup's back. So I think that motherfucker is going to change some things now that he's in the lineup. Um, it's going to be at home against the Eagles, who fifth best matchups for quarterbacks this season and averaging over 2.3 touchdowns allowed. So I like Matthew Stafford. I think he's still going to keep chucking it against a team. He has to keep up with one of the top scoring offenses. So I, I think he could be a low end quarterback one or a very high end QB two at worst this week. I mean, so I've seen some clips of, cause like, you know, I like when I first heard it and saw it, I was like, you know what, this is just the same old, it's just Jared Goff and, and, and uh, Matthew Stafford just dumping it down to this low A dot guy. And then I went and really watched the clips, man. These aren't just like dump downs, dude. And I've seen a couple throws from Matt Stafford that are primo prime time Stafford throws. Like 
threading needles, like ridiculous needles, crazy yeah. arm slots, like, right. Like yeah. he's, you know, doing like the sidearm to get it around a guy, you know, like Ben, Bendit Beckham throws, like he's, he's doing some stuff out there, man. And, and with Cooper cutback, like watch out now, watch out now, because I mean, they already won the Super Bowl on the premise of we're going to throw it every time to this guy. <laughs> yeah. And you stop it. And then next thing you know, those two dudes are sitting on top of a, a duck boat, right? With like going through the city, right? And drinking beers. So we've seen this game before of try and stop it and no one could. And now they got two of them. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Eric, your thoughts to round us out here. Matthew Stafford, Philadelphia Eagles, Nick Sirianni and the boys coming into uh, Los Angeles. Yeah, look, I, I absolutely love it, right? Like I've I've talked ad nauseum at this point about how far – volume goes in the fantasy game matt stafford uh at least in per play now that or per game now that we've had the thursday night game behind us leads the league in pass attempts and it feels like it feels like this philly defense is getting a little bit more love than they really should right like people remember how stout this unit was last year but now you look up philly is is bottom five in the league in terms of well i guess ranked top five in the league in terms of uh, passing yards allowed in terms of passing scores allowed their bottom third in the league in terms of the amount of pressure that they apply on opposing quarterbacks. So, you know, I, I don't think that this Philly, this Philly defense is the buzzsaw they once were. And now we're getting, you know, this shades of old Stafford with a full complement of weapons, like giddy up. Giddy up indeed. Last question for a coop and then we'll get you out of here. Um, here from styles. <laughs> Would you rather have Cooper cup and Jonathan Taylor or CMC Wow, this is a this is a loaded question, especially hard to kind of even even engage with it pre seeing right. both these guys on the field. Yeah, it's like that Tim Robinson. It's like <laughs> it's illegal for you to ask me that. You know what I mean, it's like what the hell, dude? That is crazy, man. It's like I think you have to go honestly, though. You have to go with Cup and Taylor, man. It's like you have to think about what your team is now mm-hmm. versus what your team is going to be. Right. So if your team is CMC and three just amazing wide receivers, like CMC and three wide receiver ones, then you don't do that trade. But if Cooper Cup goes in your lineup, I think you have to do it, man. I think you have to do it because we've seen all three of those names that you've said have been the number one flex player in fantasy football in this league. Something that no tight end has ever done. Yeah. Right? Like we're talking the best player in fantasy football and Cooper cup when healthy is the closest thing we have to Antonio Brown last year. He was on last year. He played eight games and he was a wide receiver two in fantasy football. Like Cooper cup is that good, man. So I think you do have to do that trade and just say, Hey, you know what? Like you got to go big and just, uh, if, if those guys are, are who they are supposed to be, your team is going to be an absolute wagon. I want to know what degenerate manager held on to the Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor for four weeks and now wants to move them. Right. Like, now they're trying to do it, yeah. Yeah. It's like it's, bring it's, in – I said that to people who were like, should I trade Alvin Kamara last week? I'm like, dude, what the hell? It's like you're going to carry the water through the desert yeah. and then just be like, you want to drink this? You know, it's like just – you did all the, the heavy lifting, man. Enjoy it. You got lucky. Yeah. You got crazy lucky. Both those dudes are at practice right now. Like that's awesome, man. You look around and at somebody like Jelani Woods, who his four game window is up and he's not practicing. Yeah. If that were the case for Cup or Taylor, then we'd be scared. But mm-hmm. they're a practice, man. They're a practice. Vibes are high. Yeah, vibes are high. Yeah. Let's go, dude. Let's go.
Awesome. Well, Coop, we can't thank you enough for being here with us today, man. Um, tell everyone, uh, all the IBT family members out there, where we can find you and best support you uh, throughout the remainder of the season, my guy. Yeah. Uh, follow on Twitter at Jake Trowbridge. That's J-A-K-E-T-R-O-B-R-I-D-G-E. That dude is so funny, man. He needs way. Every time I go to his account, I'm like, how does this dude not have 100,000 followers? Because he does yeah. the skits. He does the songs. Like, he's great. So and he just he just mentioned me in a tweet. So my Twitter handle is over on his timeline at Kube Fiasco. So follow him and then follow me. And obviously you're already following Eric and Seth and uh and just win all your leagues and at the very least have a little chuckle because like you know the memes <laughs> are flying and like I just I'm saying Trowbridge man, he's I know I called him a dork and he is a dork, but like he is so funny, dude. So make sure you're following him, dude. And thanks again for having me on, guys. It's been great. But yeah, my Absolutely. Twitter handle is Kube Fiasco, it's right there. All my stuff I post. Absolutely. For me and Eric, guys, the easiest way to support us is subscribe to the channel, give this video a like, come back and hang out with us again. And then, Eric, I know you have some other stuff going on right now. College basketball right around the corner, my friend. Hey, yo. Yeah, it's about a month away. We just broke down the Pac-12, the Pac soon to be <laughs> yeah. deuce in a quarter in a couple yeah. of years, right? So your last chance to hear a 12-team breakdown of the Pac-12 was over at Green Screens Media last night. That is our YouTube channel. Uh, we've gone through... Every single conference. We've got four left. We're, we're working from small to large. So we got all the, the power five guys left to go. But if you're a weirdo Sunbelt basketball fan, we got you, right? Into the Southland Conference, whatever it might be, Green Screens Media has got all your college basketball needs. Oh, yeah. I appreciate it, guys. Um, I see some more comments coming in. If you guys will get to those in the comments after the show. So just stay around and we'll try to hit those. Um, but thank you guys all so much for tuning in tonight. And uh, we'll catch you around Tuesday. And uh, until then, guys, you know what to do. Keep it in between. <laughs>